Welcome to the Roots of the Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Spirit Taufik. I'm a social justice passionista and daughter of the civil rights movement. This podcast is my commitment to serve as an intergenerational bridge and galvanize change by having honest conversations about identity, the social construct of race, racism, and social justice. Welcome to Roots of the Spirit. Hello to my supportive, loyal, courageous, passionate Roots of the Spirit community. Today, it's just me and a microphone. As I used to say in my 20s when Nas released his album, all I need is one mic. And I've been saying that for years. So it's just me and a mic. Forewarning that my voice has been going in and out. I lost my voice for a straight few weeks, which postponed a couple podcast episodes and also deterred me from getting on the mic to put together this episode. However, everything happens exactly when it's supposed to happen. So here I am. I'm excited to be with you. But just bear with me if you hear a little squeak or cough. (laughs) Hopefully that won't happen. But to the best of my ability, I'm not going to edit this episode as heavily as I normally edit interviews. I have this tendency to try to make it as perfect as possible, but this is just me in raw form, in real, rough, rugged, and authentic form. And that has been something I've been priding myself in, in growing towards, in actually living up to the roots of the spirit ideals of being authentic, of returning to our roots, of returning to ourselves. So this episode will be somewhat different, although similar, but it will be a more intimate session with spirit sharing with you reflections on the past year, 2019, from a personal perspective, because I just passed a huge milestone birthday. I turned 40, which is still, it still has me in a state of awe and disbelief. It's been an unbelievable journey up to this moment. So this episode will be reflecting on 2019, but also on crossing over into my 40s and a reflection on creating roots of the spirit, getting it off the ground from a business perspective, the different elements of roots of the spirit, the roots of the spirit podcast, speakers bureau, workshops, speaking engagements. And I'm so excited because I'm so close to releasing details on a Roots of the Spirit retreat for women in the Catskills. And I'll give you information on where you can find out more about that. Stay tuned. But I'm so excited because it's been a life dream of mine to host retreats for women in particular in a beautiful, serene location as the Catskill Mountain region in upstate New York. So stay tuned on that. I would absolutely be over the moon, overjoyed, thankful, grateful, and excited to have you join me for the pilot retreat, which will be hosted in spring 2020. Where do I even begin? There's so much. This year has been, I literally need to take a breath. Spirit Tafik has so many different layers and colors, just as any of my fellow human beings on this beautiful planet. But right now, I think oftentimes what you get on the podcast or on social media is like the super hype side of me. And that is, that's me. You can ask anybody I know, anybody from (laughs) when I was very, very young to this moment in time, there is a spirit streak. Okay, like it is so real and it's so deep. 
<laughs> yeah, it's definitely Sagittarian in me, the fire in me, and also the spirit in me. So I feel like to a degree that has been my personality, but I also have like a really deep reflective side to me. And over the past few years, I've really become closer with that part of myself. And there have been a few elements that have played into it. I think, you know, growing up, becoming wiser, just my life journey and the experiences that I've had have humbled me in such a profound way. I've also had so many conversations and I've had such great feedback from people about their experience with the Roots of the Spirit podcast. Actually, it was a couple guests. They said that although they completely love and are have learned so much from the guests and are enthralled by the interviews, that they also want to hear more from me. And I guess you can say like this slight shy part of me was a little surprised and taken aback. And I decided that I'm going to push my limits of comfort to try to bring more solo episodes, maybe alternating between interviews and solo episodes so I can be more reflective on what I'm learning, my process. Just because in a way, I feel like my life by default, but then also the way that I claimed it has been to serve as a bridge. And that serving has taken different forms, shapes and forms over the years. But I feel like I now have a firm, solid foundation. I'm becoming more rooted in the work that I do. I'm more clear. My vision is keener. Whereas before, I mean, there were certain things about the way that I served that were depleting to me. And I've learned over the years the balance and the boundaries. In anti-racism work, you have to be very conscious of that boundary, that line. And I've learned it over the years. And I couldn't have learned it any other way, but it came with a lot of pain. It came with a lot of challenges. But I'm happy to say, and I don't know if it's turning 40 or it's just an accumulation of experiences and how I feel right now, but I am in a good space in the way that I approach my work, in a way that I approach my life and my family, my vision, my purpose, all of that. Okay, so where do I begin? Really, just like my mantra in life, in order to understand this moment right now, we have to go back to the beginning. But in the essence of time and the trajectory of the podcast, if you're interested in learning how I came to found Roots of the Spirit and the inspiration behind that and my life experiences that led up to that, then I encourage you to go back to the first episode of the podcast, which is my pilot, and it will give you an understanding of my life journey up to more recent years. There are a few stories that did not land on the pilot episode. I think I was a little reserved. I think that I was, you know, it was my first episode, so I was getting my feet wet. I was building the foundation, but I was also nervous. I remember the day that I recorded my first episode, I called a friend of mine, or he called me. His name is Brad Marsden. He's actually a guest on the podcast. He does... Um, intergenerational trauma training, speaking directly about his own family experience, but also the experience of many First Nations people in Canada and the impact of residential schools on their lives. 
from a historical perspective, but also current day, the implications of intergenerational trauma. So Brad and I met a few years ago when I was working at the National Museum of the American Indian. We worked together to host a workshop with our education department and colleagues at the museum. So Brad and I have been having conversations just because we feel like there's a direct connection between my experience and his experience. Although worlds apart, they're somewhat in alignment because his life journey, things changed for him once he found out his family history and his community's history and his nation's history. Same with me. Things changed for me once I found out my family history, which I'm still discovering. The day that I was recording my first podcast, Brad called me. I think it was in relation to a workshop or whatever the nature of the call our conversation was. And he gave me the most encouragement about doing my podcast. He was like, just do it. You have so much to say. You have so much experience. You, your message is going to touch people and we need your voice. We need people who are willing to be vulnerable and honest. And he just gave me the most beautiful pep talk, which is probably like, it's so crazy because I launched the Roots of the Spirit website in December of 2018 and I had taken a podcast course and I I had all the equipment. I have the experience because back in the day I went to school for radio, television, and film. And so I know how to edit. I know how to do all this. So I have the skills. I have the content. I've developed my mission. I have thought about who my audience is. I've done all of this. But for some reason, it was very hard to sit myself down and record my first episode. So when Brad called me and gave me that pep talk, it came at the perfect time. I mean, my husband has been encouraging me for years to push past my discomfort and put myself out there and release my art, release my vision. And I've been doing it, you know, in different iterations. And I have other projects going on behind the scenes, but Roots of the Spirit is my primary focus at the moment. So I finally sat down and did my podcast. Once I did it, I was like, oh, okay, I can breathe. So it was quite a journey from putting my website out. That was my first level of vulnerability, putting myself out there for the world to see potentially, you know, because it's on the web. But then working myself up to putting out my first podcast, for some reason it was like, I was, it was paralyzing. But once I did it, I felt so liberated. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing. What have I been waiting for? But I feel like everything happens for a reason. Everything happens in the exact moment that it's supposed to happen. We can't expect ourselves to have more knowledge in the moment because we've gained 10 years of wisdom to look back and say, oh, I should have known better. Well, how could you know if you didn't know? So really sitting in where we are, being compassionate toward ourselves and saying, okay, I couldn't have known that. So now that I know better, I can do better. If I were to think about it in hindsight, I've been creating and working toward roots of the spirit my entire life. Every experience, whether challenging, whether good, bad, ugly, my educational experiences, going to school for radio, television, and film and theater, and then my master's in public service, my experience working for the National Park Service, my experience with racism, from a personal perspective, also within my family and communities, everything led me to roots of the spirit. Who am I? 
who are my descendants? What is my lineage? And looking at what is it that I want to do to serve as a person who is black and white in the United States, as a person who is in between generations, the people who are on the front lines of the civil rights movement and the young people who are fighting today. I also have a different vantage point because I'm born and raised in Canada. So I was born and raised in Canada, lived there for 20 years, moved to the United States when I was 20, well, 19. And now I've been, now I'm, I just crossed over into 40. So I have an interesting perspective because I was not ingrained with the values and the systems in the United States from a very early age. I'm not saying I'm exempt from it at this moment and that I haven't had um, internal conflict and struggles, but now I look at it as perspective. I'm able to take a step back. I can recall how jarring it was when I first came to the US and saw how truly segregated it was in my college. I went to Howard Community College in Maryland when we first moved to the States. My aunt Jean and my cousin Kim took us into their home and so that's where we got our feet on the ground and integrated into the U.S. Although I experienced racism in Canada, and that could be a whole other podcast episode, it has a different flavor. It has a different weight. It has a different history. It has a different tone, but racism is racism. I could go on and on and on and on about the different experiences and nuances and moments in time where I felt like my whole entire being, my spirit stood still and I listened to the messages and I felt the energy surging through my body about the work that I'm supposed to be doing. I was so engulfed and entrenched in my work when I worked at Central High National Historic Site and spent 10 years just giving completely of myself to the point of depletion, not having a language around self-care, that did not exist. Myself and my colleagues at the historic site were like really, really like fighting for social justice, trying to get educational programs out into the community about learning about the civil rights movement through film festivals, poetry slams. I wrote a play called One Ninth, which I'm trying to bring to life again, and it's about my mother's experience. And I was doing that out of passion, out of love, out of commitment for social justice. But I think the key component that I was leaving behind was myself. I was not, there was no language around self-care, how it's important to preserve yourself and take time out and to breathe and relax. And that was, I mean, yes, it was there from a historical perspective. Many of the black feminists and freedom fighters in the Black Panther Party and the civil rights movement, there was some conversation around that about resistance and about self-care, but it wasn't in the mainstream to my knowledge during the 2000s when I was like so engulfed in that work. Back to what I was saying about moments in time. I've had whispers as the great Oprah Winfrey and Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and so many others talk about is like listening to your calling and hearing these whispers about what you're supposed to be doing, about rejection and how that's redirection. And just, we have a compass in us and it's almost like we know but we do different things because we might not have the confidence or we might not think that we can do it or there's so much fear in us and we're not sure if it will work out. 
And so of course I had all of that, but there were a few things that happened where I stopped dead in my tracks and I was like, no, I have to figure out a way to get back to myself. I have to figure out a way to bring all of my experience, gifts, talents, and passions and bring it to a foundation and a platform that I can share that's mine. So I've been doing all of this in so many different areas. I'm like, let's bring it in spirit and let's do it in the way that I want to do and build a community and a support system around that. And that's how Roots of the Spirit was born. It doesn't matter how many setbacks I have to build in a resilience and I have to build in thick skin for other people's opinions on how they think that I should be doing it, what they think I'm doing wrong, but also learning to pay attention to the positive more so than the negative because that's life, right? There's all people are always going to have their opinions and I had to make the brave decision and be like, I'm going to open myself up for the negative but more importantly, the positive. And I think that the two things that I've decided I'm going to latch onto and do differently, I'm not going to give up, no matter the challenges that are thrown at me. The roots of the spirit might evolve and blossom and grow into something amazing and beautiful, but at the end of the day, it's going to be by trial and error. I'm going to own the fact right now that there will be mistakes, and that's what I said in my pilot episode and work through the challenges organically in real time. And that's the only way to do it. All of the things that I've learned are from actually doing it. If I had not put the first episode of the podcast out, if I had not put myself out there and said, I'm going to do an anti-racism workshop and seen what came of that, then I wouldn't know what I know now. I always wanted to have my own business, but I thought in order to do that, everything has to be perfect. I have to have the perfect website. I have to have the perfect offerings all laid out. I have to have all the research done. Everything has to be already done before I put it out there. And I learned that's not the case. I'm putting it out there to the best of my ability And from that, I'm learning the lessons. The lessons that I've learned through doing the podcast have made for such beautiful opportunities that are seeds for growth in other areas. I encourage you to think about, like if you have an idea or you have something burning inside of you and you're afraid to put it out, it's like trying to figure out, like how can I do this while I'm still somewhat in a state of fear? I don't think I have all the courage that I need But what happens is once you put it out there, it helps build confidence and build courage that you wouldn't have had if you didn't put it out there. And mistakes, that's one thing I've learned in my 40 years is mistakes are the best teachers. You probably learn more from mistakes than you do from successes. When it comes to positive positive things that happen in our life and success, we're like, yay, we celebrate and we're happy and it might take us to the next level and we might appreciate it. And there might be moments where we have like profound thinking about, wow, look how far I've come. However, when you make mistakes, I know for me personally, when I make a mistake, I'll be pondering and pondering and pondering and beating myself up and reflecting upon days, upon days, upon days. And that actually is what creates, okay, you know what, I think that I realize what I could have done differently, or I'm going to make a change in this area. It's the mistakes, it's the challenges, it's the roadblocks of figuring out how to get around them, how to work through them. That's where the power lies in our mistakes and our challenges and our adversity. 
it empowers us in a way that our successes and our the things that we celebrate don't necessarily do. I was in Chicago for a conference and I was walking through the park after going to the Obama home and I was walking back to my hotel and I just stopped and tears started rolling down my face. I hear this calling. I hear it so loud and clear, but I don't exactly know what to do with it. I feel like I've always had a calling on my life to serve as a bridge. I feel like a connector by nature through my experience of my identity, but also my personality and just my spirit in general has allowed me to move and weave and live and exist in so many different spaces in true comfort with so many different cultures. I can hang with two-year-olds. I have friends who are elders. I don't even know how to explain it. I just feel a deep connection to wanting the best for humanity. That comes from a place of experiencing the worst and also experiencing the best. I've had my own journey. I heard Ava DuVernay speak about it, saying like your journey as a person of color or a black person in the United States is red, black, and green, like the color symbolizing the continent of Africa. So it's red because when you first learn about our history, the ugliness, the trauma, the brutality, the violence, the hatred, the evil, it enrages you. And you get so angry and embroiled with these feelings and not like it comes out as raw anger, like angry. And I remember having my own process of being read, of finding out about my mother's story and then learning about the stories of the civil rights movement, learning about Emmett Till, learning about the Damer family, uh, incredible family who were in Mississippi who are fighting to gain the right to vote um, during the 60s and how the husband and wife had to take shifts standing by the window to protect their family because the Klan would come by and the Klan ultimately killed their father, um, firebombed their house and murdered their father. And they had four sons who were in the US military when this happened and came home and had to bury their father who was fighting for justice and equality, just the right to vote, to be a human being, to live at peace on their own soil, everything that they had worked so hard for. And there's this picture of them standing there in their military uniforms, but standing there over their father's grave in uniform and the juxtaposition and the, the sickness in that that here they are fighting for this country that killed their father, that assassinated their spirits and souls. So I'm getting emotional because I'm so serious about knowing these stories so that we can fight for equality. Like racism is still going on. It, it, it still exists. There are Damer families right here, right now in 2020, but we have to acknowledge that in order to make a change. Honestly, I lost my train of thought. Because when I think about the Damers and so many other people who sacrifice, okay, so that's what I was saying, like the red, there's anger. And then there's 
black, like a pride that comes from that history, from the resilience, from the perseverance, from the power of the people of the past, of your, of our families, of our heritage, of our lineage. So it becomes like, it moves from pure rage and anger to like a pride and uh, a power of blackness, of a people who withstood such inhumane treatment, but are still here, are still persevering, who are still rising and then there's green there comes a time where it's not a peace but it's a reconciling of how this lives in us I think an understanding of well if I'm embroiled with rage all the time who is that hurting that's hurting me that's hurting my family it's hindering my ability to move and operate and serve in the capacity that I need to And for me personally, this has meant a connection with my spirituality like never before. And it's fusing not only my spiritual understanding and journey as spirit Tafik, but also my spiritual journey and how that relates to the work that I do around uprooting racism. Because if I approached my anti-racism training without the elements of compassion and empathy, which are at the heart of spiritual teachings, then it's not going to have the same outcome. I don't think that it will have the same ability to transform people's lives that if I stayed in the red stage and was not able to untangle that and thus be an effective trainer and facilitator and bridge. So I just, I can't remember where I heard Ava DuVernay talk about that, But it made so much sense. But guess what? Through the different phases, through the red, through the black, through the green, it all still continues to exist within me, but I manage it in a different way. So I'm learning and I'm learning, you know, to pick my battles. I'm learning what makes a difference, what does not. I'm really diving deep into the history of this country. I've been researching and immersing myself in that history for years, but trying to build a more holistic vision and approach. So yeah, I'm changing, evolving, and I've learned so much. So it's taking a different, it's it's looking different, it's feeling different, but I think that infusing compassion, empathy, understanding. So what am I doing now? I have created a strategy, and my strategy has worked out so much more amazing than I could have possibly imagined. So I left my job. I had saved money and I had the support of my husband to hold me over while I tried to get Roots of the Spirit off the ground, getting it off the ground in a business sense. Just to refresh you or to let you know if you're not familiar, The components of Roots of the Spirit are the Roots of the Spirit podcast. It's something that I'm passionate about, and I feel like it's a great platform for engaging in conversations about race, racism, identity. It also helps me learn, and it helps me grow. So I have my podcast. I also have a speakers bureau. I represent my mother, Minnie Jean Brown Tricky, on speaking engagements around the country and world. So that is definitely one of the 
signature offerings that I have with Roots of the Spirit is the Speakers Bureau. I myself am a speaker. I speak solo and my mother and I also speak together and present intergenerational dialogue about her experience being on the front lines of the civil rights movement and then the impact that it had on the next generation and how I have learned, you know, my life experience of being her daughter and I also represent my husband, Hisham Tafik, who has a beautiful story on his own. He is the son of Sheikh Tafik, who founded the Mosque of Islamic Brotherhood in Harlem and legacy of which Hisham follows in his footsteps in his own way. Hisham is a retired public servant serving 22 years in the New York City Fire Department and he is now living his passion as an actor on NBC's hit show The Blacklist. He has an incredible story to tell empowering young people. He literally at this moment is boarding an airplane leaving Accra, Ghana where he took my stepson Khalil to celebrate his 21st birthday as like a beautiful experience rite of passage and it's the year of return, 400 years since the beginning of the transatlantic slave trade. I am really interested in hearing about their experience. I've only seen pictures and talked to them on FaceTime and it just seems like a life-changing transformational experience. So Hisham is someone I represent as well. So I have podcast, the Speakers Bureau. I also host workshops. Actually, Minnie Jean and I are hosting a workshop called A 2020 Vision on Anti-Racism in the National Park Service. We're piloting this particular workshop. So there are workshops, uprooting racism workshops, as well as workshops with young people, whether it's a one-hour speaking engagement where I give like a 101, Little Rock 9 101, or more in-depth customized workshops where I can spend the day with your students and work with them to learn the history and how does that relate to us i think at the heart of all of this work is let's look at history and create a bridge from that moment or those moments and events to what we're looking at and dealing with and experiencing in our lives today and how can we be catalysts for change and my dreams are coming true because i will be soon releasing information about a roots of the spirit retreat for women which will be hosted in the Catskills region of upstate New York, focusing on purging internalized racism that lives within us all so that we can see ourselves clearer and get to the heart of who we are and in essence, the roots of our spirit so we can harness that beautiful power that we have within us. If we are able to create a space to clear away the clutter to clear away the negative messages, to clear away the acid that is racism that has penetrated us, the sexism, the homophobia, all of the isms and the negative forces that we see and experience every day just living as human beings and in particular as women. If we can try to identify and untangle that and resist that create tools and mechanisms to help us resist that we can be the most powerful women that we can possibly imagine and so it has always been my life dream to host retreats as a young person i grew up taking retreats with my mother whether it was like on an environmental tip or it was a social work trip or it was an anti-racism workshop and training that has been my life 
And so I'm really excited to fuse all of the elements of myself, my own personal spiritual journey and growth with the skills and gifts that I've been given to bring people together, to convene, to have a platform, to have honest conversations, to look within, to look in the mirror, also to be outdoors, to get away from the noise, whether we're like in a busy city work environment, to step back, to have a place to breathe and to build a sisterhood. I think that's really important. And I think that's lacking in many of our lives today. I remember it just like yesterday. On February 23rd, 2014, Hisham, my now husband, proposed to me at the top of Hunter Mountain when we were snowboarding in upstate New York. And that was like one of the most beautiful days of my life. And I remember keenly on my way back, I said, my dream is to open up a wellness center where we can heal from racism where people of color can come and have a space to breathe and be safe and have honest conversations, but also infusing other elements of relaxation, massage, therapy, acupuncture, yoga, meditation, sister circles. So I've always had this dream and I've always been an outdoors person because that's my upbringing, that's my life, that's in my core, that's in my roots. So I will be launching a Roots of the Spirit retreat and it, the pilot will be in spring 2020. So if that piques your interest, I highly encourage you to go sign up for my mailing list at rootsofthespirit.com and I'll be sending out information very, very, very soon. Because I'm a woman, and womanhood is so close to my heart and it is my lived experience. My retreats rolling out, the pilot will be specifically for women. I'm encouraging, I'm trying to get my husband Hisham to roll out something similar for men because I feel like men need it just as much as women, a place to reflect, a place to be yourself, to let your guard down, to talk about real issues, to heal and grow. So. I'm continuing to put the pressure on for that. But in the current moment, the retreats will be for women. So last but certainly not least, I want to reflect on the podcast. I pulled up my podcast so I can get a glimpse uh, in hindsight of all of the beautiful people that I've interviewed and the messages and the wisdom that they imparted on us. But I think that at the heart of all of the conversations, a few things stand out and I've taken into my journey like as a foundation as pillars of roots of the spirit one is comes from dr todd allen who's a professor at messiah college and he said that in order to have honest conversations about identity race racism and social justice we have to have an informed historical perspective when he said that i was like mm, child yes we do so that is something that i have taken forward with me as a gem as a pillar that we can't walk around blindly. And the second element to that is Minnie Jean came up with this hashtag, profound intentional ignorance, and saying that if we are ignorant, it's because we intend to be ignorant. Representation is something that flowed through each and every conversation. Representation matters. It matters a lot, especially in the eyes of young people. To see yourself represented is everything. 
and to not see yourself represented also shapes you and in which way are you represented all representation matters so that is a huge huge lessening component of the podcast is representation what does it mean what does it look like and what does it mean when it's not there another lesson is the power of arts in social justice whether you're a painter whether you're a singer whether you are an actor in whatever capacity that you are using your gifts and talents to make a change it is powerful and I think that it is it is more powerful when we do harness what we're really passionate about and give that out into the world that creates so many ripples that can just make a change and shift our consciousness on a whole different level so that has really rung true rang rung true throughout all of the conversations that I've had my conversation with Jane Elliott, who is an educator and the founder of Blue Eyes, Brown Eyes exercise, really, really, really brought home to me that, you know, in my podcast opener, I say that I'm having honest conversations about identity, the social construct, race. And when I said that to her, she stopped me and she said, it is not a social construct. That's something, that's some language that we use to make it sound cute like as a euphemism, as fancy, sophisticated way of saying it's a lie and it's a myth. I'm still contemplating, like, should I change my opener? Even though I know that race is a myth and it's been disproved scientifically, biologically, all of that, yet we have so much entangled and entrenched in race, it is a lie and it is a myth. And I think that we cannot make a change. We cannot have honest conversations unless we're working with the truth. Think about it in a relationship. If you're dealing with somebody like in a relationship and you're dealing with parts of the truth, you're not really going to be able to rectify and heal what has been broken or what has like the trust that's been broken or you know the challenges that you face because you're not actually dealing with the truth. So your solution is based on pieces of the truth. I say that because it's so important that we label and name things for what they are. And us, as Jane said, calling race a social construct makes it sound like, I don't know, it's just not getting at the heart of what it is. It's a lie. So if we're working from a lie, we need to acknowledge that so we can make a change because our systems are based on a lie. So that really stood out to me. And of course, my mother, Minnie Jean, she's so awesome. And I've implemented a Minnie Jean Minute because my mother and I talk all the time. And I record her because unbeknownst, or maybe beknownst, <laughs> I just made that word up. I think I'm going to start using that. To the Roots of the Spirit community, I am co-writing my mother's memoir about her life. She's 79 years old and she has lived an incredible life and you will hear her journey of which the central high crisis is literally like a snap in her reality it shaped her and the person who she is it has everything to do with the person that she is and it has nothing to do with the person that she is so she and I are writing her memoir so I have a lot I have hours and hours and hours and hours hours of conversations with her in those conversations are so many gems so I've pulled some of that content to bring you a mini Jean minute, just little gems and snippets of her wisdom, her wit, her hilarity, <laughs> and just her awesomeness and her beautiful spirit. So that's something new I've implemented in the podcast. So last but not least, as I mentioned at the top, 
of this episode. I'm going to be infusing more of my own personal reflection and journey, like this solo episode as an example, my journey and using some of my lessons to share with you. So I'll be doing more of that. Um, let me see. As I continue to build Roots of the Spirit out and host more workshops, and speaking engagements and experiences locally in the Catskills, internationally. As I continue to build it until I'm able to do this 100% full-time, I will continue to use my skills and talents in other capacities. So right now what I'm doing, I am so excited because I was recently hired to do a consultancy with the New York City Department of Records and Information Services to serve as the Women's Activism Project Coordinator. The Department of Records, which is in short is the acronym is DORIS, so it's just easier to say. So with DORIS, I'm coordinating a project. We have this beautiful online portal. Our objective is to collect 20,000 stories of women, everyday grassroots women, our mothers, our aunties, our sisters, our teachers, our healthcare practitioners, our healers, our mentors, just to celebrate women, 20,000 stories to be preserved in perpetuity in the municipal archive in New York City for generations and generations behind us to learn about these incredible women. So the website is www.womensactivism.nyc. So I will be reaching out to each and every one of you amazing people to ask you to help me become an ambassador to tell these beautiful stories of amazing, powerful women who have made change in our lives and in our communities. It's all in the grand centennial celebration of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution when women won the right to vote in 1920, August 1920 a very hard fought victory. However, was only the beginning of all women's right to vote because at that particular time, that was focused primarily on white women, but black women and women of color continued to fight for decades and there's still an ongoing fight for people to be guaranteed their right to vote. But this particular consultancy is in the spirit of gathering these stories to celebrate the centennial of women's right to vote. So I'll probably talk about that more in a later episode, but I wanted to let you know that that is what I'm up to. I've been talking a long time, a long time. I have so much to say and I find it so much easier when I'm speaking with a person, a human being across from me, but I'm really trying to exercise my muscle in being able to talk on the solo tip and to share with you. I think that in the coming year, I have big goals and dreams for Roots of the Spirit. Up to this point, I've focused on Roots of the Spirit being a platform to uproot racism through storytelling, education, and the arts. And I'm adding on health and health being in the broadest sense possible, mental, spiritual, emotional. Thank you for taking the time to engaging with me as I speak my truth, no matter even if my voice is shaking, building the courage and strength to speak more truthfully, to embrace the power and the gifts to serve as the intergenerational bridge that I described to you 
so many times in the episode. I hope you have the most magnificent, beautiful, profound, enlightening, transformational, peaceful, prosperous 2020 that you could possibly imagine. From my heart to yours, from our interconnected roots to the beautiful lives that we live today with all of the challenges and intricacies and setbacks and social injustices, I feel very positive about the direction of roots of the spirit, but also us as a people. So thank you in gratitude. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.